Every church has the same mission, but how that mission is accomplished can and should be different. There are many ways to do what Jesus commissioned us to do, make disciples. At Vintage, we believe there are four things we can provide that when fully engaged will inspire you to live and love like Jesus. In this series, we will walk you through these four parts of our vision. Our deep belief is when you make the effort to get involved in all four, you are equipped to grow in your faith and be the disciple Jesus has called each of us to be. Mm. Y'all, there is something happening with the move of the Spirit in this place that I am just so thankful for. I'm thankful for the sensitivity of the band and for them being willing to and good enough to go off from the plan and be led by the Spirit so that we get to be in the presence of God the Father. Man, that's awesome. That doesn't happen everywhere. And it is something that we at Venice Church will not take for granted. Mm. Okay. Uh, So, this is Vintage. Glad you are here tonight. Um, We are going through a series called This is Vintage, and it's just kind of a reset, a recalibration, a refocus of who we are, of what we do, of what we feel like is important, of what we think God has brought us to. Uh, One of the things, if you're around vintage very long, you come to find out very quickly that we don't do anything that's unnecessary. And we don't do anything that is um, not intentional. Let's say it that way. Everything that we do is with intention. From the host team opening the doors for you as you come in, to somebody greeting you before you even sit down, from the music that is played, from the themes that are, if you'll notice, what's here is also out in the lobby. These guys work very hard at making sure that everything is uniform because we believe that everything from the time you pull into the parking lot, which has been prayed over on a regular basis, when you pull in the parking lot, we believe that your vintage experience starts there. And everything that we do here at Vintage Church is intentional. And so a couple times a year, we do focused series on um, just refocusing, resetting. Here's who we are. Uh, Here are the things that we view as important. You don't have to be here very long to understand that our motto, it's even written in the lobby out there on the wall, is our goal is to inspire people to live and love like Jesus, right? That's central to who we are and what we do and what we believe. And so everything that we do, we try to inspire our folks to live and love like Jesus. There are also four pillars of the church, of this church. Uh, You heard the first one last week, experience, our Sunday morning gathering, our Monday night gathering. We want you to come and experience the presence of Christ like we just did and like we do on a regular basis here. And it's something that we are thankful for, and it's something we will not, again, like I said, take for granted. 
The second one is atmosphere. That's our groups, our community groups, our life groups, our relationship together. We want to set an, an atmosphere um, for you to build relationships with each other and with Christ. And the third thing is opportunity. We believe that God has called us to serve in our community and uniquely located us to serve in in areas where other folks may not have the um, ability or advantage to be able to do that. So um, experience, atmosphere, opportunity. The last one is platform, which is our outreach. It's what we do to take Christ to others and bring others to Christ, right? And so we believe that those are the four pillars of the church. Tonight, we're talking about community, about relationship, because, see, we were designed to live in relationship, we were not designed and we will not function properly if we try to live alone. It just doesn't happen. God the creator decided that we needed relationship and so therefore we need relationship. We need community with each other. So you may think, why do I need community? And the answer is because Jesus said so. Hug three people, go home, hope you had a good time at Vintage, it's over. Right? That's simple enough. That's the end of the story. You need community. You need relationship because Jesus said that you needed community and that you needed relationship. That's how we're designed. That's how we are wired. And that's the only way that we function correctly. We need each other. We have a central uh, passage of scripture that we're going to go through uh, in each one of the four uh, different Sundays or, or weekend uh, service sets of, uh, of this, this is Vintage series. And it's in Ephesians chapter 4, and it starts with verse 11. Here we go. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced by or influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. There's some action words in there that we kind of breeze through, all right? But there's a lot of mention of maturing, of no longer being immature, of growing, right? All of that leads to the health of the body. Anybody ever tried to grow anything? That doesn't just happen. It takes work. Now, you can grow weeds, not do a thing, right? But if you try to grow something, it takes work, it takes love, it takes care, it takes patience, it takes intention for you to be able to grow anything. That's inclu included in that is your relationship with Christ and your walk with Jesus and, and your relationship with other people. You have to work at the growing. You have to work at the maturing. It's not something that just happens naturally. And yet a lot of times we roll in and we're here for a weekend service and we're woohoo and it's all good and we roll out and we just think we're going to grow in our relationship with Christ and just think that we're different and we're special and we're the exception to the rule and we're not. 
If you want to grow in your relationship with Jesus and your relationship with each other, it takes work. It takes maturing. It takes uh, intentional growth in order for the body as a whole to be healthy. We need each other. It's family vacation time. Kids these days have it easy. DVD players, iPods, headphones, whatever, right? Three-year-olds with an iPhone. What's wrong with us as parents? That's not the point. That's a different service. Back in the day, though, family vacations, right? You get in mom and dad's car. You're all piled in. It's a four-door. Get this picture with me. Four-door, 1985 Buick Park Avenue. The quintessential grocery getter. That's what we had, dude. It was awesome. I have two brothers. There's three of us boys. My brother Matt is the next. He's four years younger than me, and then my brother Josh is about a year and a half younger than him. And so we're all fairly close in age, close enough that we kind of like each other sometimes, not so close that we really like each other all the time. But anyway, growing up, so we're, we're jumping in the back of this Buick Park Avenue, and mom and dad thought it'd be a great idea to go to this one church on a Sunday morning in Bagley Swamp, right, which is Hertford, Windfall, Catfish Hunter, that area, right? And then we're going to travel four hours to a church in Mebane, so we got some time frames we got to get to. So we're all piled into the car. Josh is behind Dad. Matt is in the middle. I'm behind Mom. This is my line. Don't cross my line. Stop looking at me. He's looking at me. He's breathing my direction. He's touching me. Don't touch, right? You play, right? We got no DVD players. We're playing the alphabet game. We're dying to get to Zebulon. Like, just looking, right? And whoever came up with the idea of killing all the cows and you lose them all in the graveyard? That's foolishness. But anyway, so we're in the car. Josh was aggravating Matt. I don't know that to be true, but that was the norm, so I'm going to say that that's how it was because Josh was always aggravating Matt. And so he's doing something, and Dad has had enough because Dad's have enough. Don't make me pull this car over. You got no intentions of pulling the car over. I'm going to pull the car over, whatever. He's fussing at Josh. I'm back there enjoying the show, the Michael Jackson meme with the popcorn, right? You know what I'm talking about? Josh says something. I don't know what it is. Dad is just launching into him. And, he's, and Josh, in the middle of Dad's, I won't say rant, I'll say lecture because rant makes him sound bad. But you know how it is as parents when you just had enough, right? And so Josh, in the middle of Dad's, whatever he was doing, turns and starts talking to Matt mid-sentence. I'm like, ooh, it's about to get good in here, right? And Dad says, Josh. Joshua probably, probably used his middle name. Joshua Frederick, because you only got middle name when you're in trouble. Joshua Frederick, don't you hear me talking to me? Don't you hear me talking to you? And Josh says, I'll never forget it. Yeah, but I've heard it all before. Ah! All the air goes out of the car. <laughs> Pulls over to the side of the 85, right? Opens the door, goes to the back door, goes to open the back door, and Josh looks at him through the window and says, click. <laughs> It is on. This is going to be good. Dad goes back to the front, unlocks, and goes, and Josh, click. I don't know how long he thought he was going to be able to do that, right? I've heard it all before, and Dad's just losing his mind at this point, holding the front door. Finally works it out where he's giving Josh a spanking. Josh is in a seatbelt trying to get away from it. It's awesome. The whole deal was, man, I heard it all before. And how many times in church life, do we come in and we sit down and somebody starts speaking to us and we get the attitude of, I've heard it all before. I don't need to listen this time. Y'all, if we don't do it the way the creator said to do it, we won't make it the way the creator wants us to make it. Okay? We need each other. We need community. 
Our goal is to create an atmosphere where anyone can build lifelong, life-giving relationships that provide support and accountability. Lifelong and life-giving. That's huge. You belong to a place. It helps you to grow in your relationship with each other and with Christ. And then you become healthy. It's not a salvation issue. It's not saved or not saved, but it is absolutely about your growth. If you want to grow, if you want to be healthy, if you want to be what God wants you to be, then we have to do it the way that God says that we have to do it, and that is in community. One of the things that we're talking about is we're talking about getting out of rows and into circles, Because we want you to see and be seen, and we want you to know and be known, and we want you to love and be loved, and you cannot do that in rows. You can only do that in circles. Why is he off the platform? What is going on? Somebody's in trouble. Y'all come here. You three come here. Ronnie, your whole crowd, come here. Come here real quick. Stand right there, back against the stage. Look at everybody. Everybody's going to be looking at you. Don't get nervous. It's okay. We didn't, lose any, we didn't lose anybody yesterday. Stop kicking stuff. Jeez, messing up the whole deal. So this is a row. This is what happened on Sundays and Mondays, right? We come in, we're focused this way, actually this way, but whatever, now we're focusing this way. Anybody, you nervous? Everybody's looking at you. All right, we're all right. Okay, cool. So you're focused this way. You're not focused this way, right? I may get to know these two, but I'm not about to get to know them, Right? Because here is a row. And so we come in and we're shoulder to shoulder and he's touching me and he's over my line and whatever and I'm just annoyed and I want to focus in and we don't, we're, there's no seeing and being seen and there's no loving and being loved and there is no knowing and being known. Come around here, let's make a circle. Come here, let's make a circle. Y'all, this is scary, right? It's scary in a circle because I can see all of your eyeballs she wasn't nervous before. She's nervous now. So we all, we're all looking, right? But this is the deal. See, and what scares us about this deal is that in this deal, we become vulnerable. And I can tell if Morgan is okay or not by her body language. And I can tell if she's okay or not by her facial expressions. And as we're talking and as we're discussing things, I can tell from the way she acts and reacts from what's being said if, if something is moving in her. This is a vulnerable and scary place. All right, y'all can sit down. Thank you. Um, you said thank you for letting you sit down. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you for letting me sit down. It is a scary and vulnerable place, and so sometimes we don't want to do community, and sometimes we don't want to do life groups, and we don't want to be in relationship with people because then we can't hide. And whether it's because we feel like we don't deserve to be known or to know or whether it's because we have things that we have to hide or we feel like we're Superman and we can do it ourselves, no, no, no. You have to know and be known. You have to do it in community. You have to do it in relationship. Because we were designed that way. We cannot do it in rows. We must do it in circles. So people may ask you, what does your church do for community? And the answer is everything. Because everything that we do is designed to build relationship with each other and relationship with the Father. So the answer to what do you do for community or discipleship or worship or whatever, the answer always is everything because the central focus is building relationship with each other and building relationship with the Father. 
Life groups is not the only way to do that, but it's a great way to do that. We have a new set of life groups that's starting in August. If you are fairly new to Vintage, there are two words that you are, or some verbiage you will hear, two phrases or two names or titles or whatever that you will hear often. You will hear the word community groups. You will hear the word life groups. Here's the easy explanation of what it is. Community groups is no commitment. You show up about once a month. It's either all ladies or all guys or young adults or whatever it is, over 50. We have several different community groups that are set. It is intended to help you to build relationship with each other. All right, it is fellowship, it is belonging. You may do a devotion, you may not. It may just be eating or hanging out or whatever, which is awesome, it's part of God's plan, we gotta do that. But it is anybody can show up, any number can show up, and it's no commitment if you show up, great. If you don't, you missed out, but you didn't hurt anybody else, okay? Life groups is different. Life groups is you will commit to a 12-week series either every week or every other week, depending on the life group. There are eight to 10 people in your life group, no more, no less. There can be a few less, there can be no more. The reason we don't go above 10 to 12, eight to 10, 10 to 12, something like that, is because after that, it's no longer a small group, it's a small church, and that's not what we're after. We also believe that that's the Jesus model. Jesus was followed by the tens of thousands. He was followed closely by the thousands. On the mountaintop, there were 400 that were with him. Out of those, he chose 72. Out of the 72, he pulled 12 aside to live life with on a daily basis. And out of the 12, he pulled three aside to really invest with. So Jesus, the greatest communicator of all, knew that it was better to be small group than it was big group. Now, he took the message to the masses, but he lived in community with the 12 or the three. And then John says he was his favorite, but Jesus never said that. That's John said that, but it's okay. So you go lower and less is more intimate, which makes it more scary, more vulnerable. But that's how Jesus did it, and that's probably how we should do it too. So life groups. If you sign up for a life group, you are committed. You show up. Why? Because you took one of the eight to ten spots. Nobody else can get that spot. What if somebody starts coming later and wants to join our group? Nope. Take them to coffee. Build a relationship with them. They can sign up next time. The reason we do it that way is because once we begin to establish that intimacy and trust, we don't want anybody jacking that up. And you get new people coming in all the time. You don't have that intimacy and trust. And that's the only way to know and be known and see and be seen and, and love and be loved is, is if there is trust and intimacy. And, and that only happens over time in a tight group relationship. Some of y'all need to be life group leaders. Because we can only have 8 to 10 people in a life group, we can only have as many groups as we have leaders willing to lead the group. Otherwise, somebody's going to get left out. So God is challenging some of y'all to be life group leaders. How do I know God wants me to? He does right now. Here it is. I need a sign. Here's your sign. You need to be a life group leader. But I'm not good at talking in front of people. Awesome. You don't have to talk. You can smile. You can love people. My house is not big enough. Somebody will be in your group that wants to host it in theirs. All you have to do, the only ability that God needs of yours is your availability. If you sign up and you lead a life group and you hate it, you don't have to do it again. And you're not committing to life. You're committing to this next semester, August to December. That's it. Right? Try it. If you hate it, come tell me you hated it. Don't do it again. 
but some of y'all need to do it. The reason why is because we need each other. Anybody remember old school Sunday school preliminaries? Some of y'all know. You come early. Church was at 11 because that's when Jesus and the disciples met. So everybody's supposed to meet at 11. And you come, the really holy people come to Sunday school at 10. And the really super spiritual folks show up at 945 to sing two songs out of a book. And then they sing happy birthday to somebody. And they walk down the aisle and they put their quarters in a little white plastic church. Or the, some of y'all just, you, weren't, you didn't have good childhoods because you don't know what I'm talking about. Like Sunday school or don't like Sunday school, the thing that Sunday school did was it created family atmosphere. And there was a death in the family. Your Sunday school class was the first one to know. Something's going on in your marriage. Your Sunday school class was there to support you. Your kids going crazy. Your Sunday school class was there to love you and support you. It was a family atmosphere. There was intimacy and trust and relationship built. That's what Life Group does. It has taken the place of the old Sunday school classes because the purpose of them was not even for you to get to know Jesus better. The purpose of them was for you to get to know each other better, and then together y'all get to know Jesus better. And that's what happens in life groups. Hebrews chapter 10, check this out. Uh, in the New Living Translation, it says, let us, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Let us find ways of motivating each other. Let's cheer each other on and woohoo, come on, let's do the right thing and let's go the right direction. And I mean, that's awesome, right? You gotta have that. You gotta have an inspirational coach. You gotta have a cheerleader. You gotta have people in your life that will motivate you. That's awesome. I like the way the NIV says it. Flip that up, if you will, the next one. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. I am not trying to be offensive to the animal lovers in the place. But let's get the mental image of what a spur is for, right? It's not just for decorations on the back of the band's cowboy boots that cling and walk and make John Wayne look cool. That's not what a spur is for. A spur is so this mighty, powerful beast that could snap you in half if he wanted to follows your direction and does the right thing because you're jabbing this metal thing into his side and making him do what you got to have people in your life who will be that kind of serious with you. If you're going to go that way, I'm going to punch you in the throat. I love you enough not to let you go that direction. Right? You get what I'm saying? It's not just, a, oh, please don't do that. It's a, if you do, I will kill you. And that will protect you from yourself at times. But that only happens in the context of relationships and and knowing each other and being known and loving each other. And an atmosphere is where anyone can build lifelong, life-giving relationships that provide support and accountability. There have been times in my life that I wish I would have listened to the people who were trying to punch me in the throat. It would have saved me a whole lot of heartache and headache and hurting a lot of people that I love if I would just have listened to the people in my life who said, Chris, this is not okay. We need that. 
again, it's not a salvation issue. It's not saved versus not saved. It's not if you just come on a Sunday morning or a Monday night, you're going to hell because you're not in a life group. You go to a life group, you go to heaven automatically. It's not a salvation issue, but it absolutely is a growth issue. Growing up, I got my first job in 10th grade. Athletic Attic, University Mall, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Yay! I got to be Dean Smith's chauffeur one time. That's a different story. That doesn't have anything to do with the night. It's just cool, and I like to brag about it. But anyway, so at that point in time, we got our shoes at cost plus 10%. So about 40 45% off we got our shoes as employees. I would sign my paycheck and turn it back into the company and get some shoes. I was what they call a sneakerhead. Anybody know anything about sneakerheads? We got any sneakerheads in the place? Some of y'all's kids are sneakerheads. Y'all, your kids crazy. First pair of Jordans I ever got was in 11th grade, 1988. Mm. This is the Jordan 3. If you are a real sneakerhead, it's called the, anybody know? We have no sneakerheads in the house. It's called the True Blue because it's blue. All right, this is the Jordan number 3. This is not the original one from 1988. It has been re-released four times. I've gotten it every, every single time. Four times I've bought the exact same shoe because something happened to me in the 11th grade. Dude, I got these shoes, and I wouldn't wear them for like two weeks because it had rained, and there was a little mud puddle, and I was afraid somebody was going to, because I bought them myself. And these have been well-worn and well-looked. Look, the back of it is all cracking, and what, but dude, that's a fresh pair of shoes. How many of y'all can say you have those? Oh, you can't? Those are sweet. They are a fresh pair of Jordans. But these, that's what I'm talking about. Is it the same? No, I mean, you know, it's kind of the same, but it's not. Look, this was the original. I had the Nike on the back, and then they tried to replace it with the Jumpman logo, and that's just and look, these are serious, y'all. They stay in the box. Like, my, no, this is the last release. I got so many issues. I got the, the thing inside so I don't crease the toe. Like, that's a struggle right there, right? Now, now that's, this is a fine pair of Jordans. This is fresh. They're still okay. I mean, they're worn and beaten, and they're all right. They'll do the job. I got some Jordans. They check all the boxes. They meet the criteria, right? But these, and, and hold on, for you sneakerheads or sneakerhead wannabes or Oh, I still got it. I still got, some of y'all don't know. We used to walk around with that hanging from. I don't know what was wrong with us. When I was in twelfth grade, I actually had that shaved in the back of my head. The Jumpman symbol was stupid. I don't. Anyway, I'd have beat me up if I had known me. <laughs> this is a decent pair of Jordans. That's what it's about. This will work. It's okay. That is no joke. These are just fine. They checked the box for having a pair of true blue threes, but these, that's what it was meant to be. Y'all, it's the same way in the body of believers. You come on a Monday night, you can check the box. I'm part of Vintage Church. Everything is all right. You have a relationship with Jesus. It's fine, but it's not as much as it was intended to be. You have an old pair of Jordans. It's okay. You get in relationship and community with people. At that point, it begins to be serious and no joke. 
Check this out. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning. I don't have this as a slide because we're not going to read it real closely because I'm getting real short on time. But I want you to check this out once I get past all of the where things are. Okay, sweet. All right, this is the account of creation. I want you to check this out. This is serious. Because being in community prevents isolation. Being in community prevents isolation. Okay, so God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was all empty. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that it was good. And then we go on, and God called the light day, and the darkness night, and evening passed, and morning came on the marking the first day. Then God said, let there be space between the waters, separate the waters of the heaven from the waters of the earth. That is what happened. God made the space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heaven. God called the space sky and the evening earth, evening passed, and morning came, marking the second day. And then God said, let the waters go into their certain places, and this is what happened, and God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant. And it goes on and talks about the vegetation. And that is what happened. And the land produced vegetation and all sorts of seed-bearing plants. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night and let them mark off the season, days, and years. And this is what happened. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. And then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life, and let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. And God saw that it was good, and evening passed, and morning came, marking the fifth day. And then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And this is what happened, and God saw that it was good. So God does all this creating, and it's good, 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 right? Adam's not here yet. Then God said, let us make human beings in our own image. So God created human beings. And God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. The water, the ski, the, 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 ski, the sky, the seas, the land, the birds, the trees, the animals, all the stuff. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. I'm going to make Adam. It's very good. God's pride and joy and then it goes on and it talks about telling Adam to name all the animals and there's two trees and the, the tree of life and the tree of good and evil and eat from this one but don't eat from that one and you can do whatever you want but leave this one tree alone. Check this out, verse two, I mean, chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. Oh, wait, he's by himself. That is not good. That's the first time in creation history that God says it is not good. You are not designed to be alone. There's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Sometimes it's okay to be alone for a short amount of time because sometimes God shows up and he speaks to you when you are alone and you get away from the distractions. But when you are lonely, it is typically not God speaking to you. It is typically Satan in your head or you in your own head. Alone and lonely are two very, very different things. Alone is okay for a short time. Lonely is never okay. See, alone means that nobody else is around. 
Lonely, you can be in a crowd and be lonely. I honestly believe with all that I have that the difference between Judas and Peter, who both betrayed Christ, is that Peter allowed himself to be loved back into community and Judas did not. And it cost Judas his life. I don't know how God would have written the story if Judas had come back and said, forgive me, I'm sorry. But I honestly believe that the difference was that Judas was lonely. And instead of retreating into his life group, he ran away and ended up killing himself because he was lonely. We're coming to the end of things. We gotta shift gears for just a second. Ladies, you can check out. The fellas and I have to talk just for a second. Guys, it's time for us to step up for each other. We had 23 life groups this past semester, 224 participants. Out of the 23 life groups, four were for guys. Three were co-eds, so half of those could have been for guys. But out of the 23 life groups, only seven did a guy have a chance to attend. Now, look, we got guys all over the place. We got guys with great hearts. We got guys who are serving the security team, the parking lot team, the host team. We got guys serving in kids ministry. We got guys serving in production and worship. And so we got guys everywhere serving. They got great hearts. Vintage needs you to serve, but you need life group. And you need community. And guys, it's, some, it's time for some of us to step up for some of us. God may be speaking to you and saying, hey, you need a life group. But, 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 no, it doesn't matter. It's time for some of us to step up for some of us. We can only have as many groups as we have leaders who are willing to lead them. Now, we're going to start a men's community group in August. And we're excited about that. And there will be campfires and the things that guys do around campfires and there will probably be guns and bacon and whatever, right? We're just we're going to do we're going to do guy things and we're going to have a good time and all of that is for relationship and we're going to enjoy it. But y'all, we got to have some of our guys step up to lead some of our life groups because we have some guys who need community. And if we as guys don't do it, it don't happen. How about that for grammatically correct? It's time for some of us to step up. We need each other. All right, ladies, welcome back. Very last thing, we're going to end here. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 12. And we're probably not going to read like real closely here, but pay close attention to this. Here we go. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. We have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body, regardless of how much the foot doesn't want to need the rest of the body. The foot needs the body. That's in there. It's in the parentheses kind of piece right there. And if the ear says to the, if the ear says I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? No. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body were an ear, how? I mean, yeah, were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where He wants it. 
Skip down to verse 26. This is life groups. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. We need each other. Here's your action step. Here's what we have to do at this point. You have to begin being in relationship if you are not. Because you are not designed to live alone. Some of you need to step up and lead life groups. There's a spot on the app that Jasmine and I, every Sunday, every Monday, tell you to please download the Vintage app, just so you'll know. There's a spot on there that says get involved, and then the next tab is lead a life group. So if you want to know about leading a life group, fill that out. We'll get in touch with you and let you know what that means to lead a life group. Some of you are like, nope, I got to know right now. So I will be in the lobby right after this. Jasmine will be in the lobby right after this. We will be able to answer your questions about leading a life group or about being a part of a life group. So if you have those questions about doing that, then let us know. Come to the lobby and see us. Because whether we want to or we don't, we need each other. Let's pray together. God, thank you for our time together tonight. Thank you, God, for the wisdom in which you created us. And thank you for the fact that you don't leave us to figure it out for ourselves. God, you have called us to be together. And I pray that through tonight, God, that you will allow some of us to have the courage to step up and lead like you are asking us to lead. Continue to meet with us. Continue to have your way. God, we love you. Thank you for loving us. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. To stay connected with what's happening at Vintage, download the Vintage Church app to access sermon notes, events, devotionals, previous podcasts, and discover ways to get connected in community. We hope you join us again soon.